Hi humans, welcome to our podcast, Deconstruct. My name is Lauren. And I'm Adam. On this podcast, we want to help start or continue conversations about the beautiful and messy parts of life. Although we both had a conservative upbringing, we've since grown out of a lot of our traditional ways of thinking. We're learning to deconstruct the religious lenses we once saw the world through, breaking down topics like purity culture, racism, and the patriarchy, while demystifying things like feminism, equality, and love. Stepping away from our evangelical church background, all the while leaning into God and moving forward in our faith. We'd love to hear your story. You can find us on Instagram at deconstruct.pod. Now, on to the episode. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> Today's just reason, us. For again. some reason, you just sounded like, I mean, I guess a news anchor, but I'm sure that's what you're kind of aiming for, was cliche announcement. Hello, and welcome back to... Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's quarantine time, so it's all about the news, right? Just trying to fit into everything that's <laughs> going on around me and culture. Just going to start narrating your Facebook feed. Exactly. Well, speaking of, uh, if you guys, if you listeners don't know, we have an Instagram called deconstruct.pod. Yep. We also have our own Instagrams. So, Adam, share yours. Mine is adam.budnick. And mine is Lauren Deliri, L-A-U-R-E-N-D-E-L-E-A-R-Y. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They're going to have no issue finding you at all. No. It's always linked down below. But speaking of social media, so quarantine has been fun for me because I feel like I have used this time to heal in a lot of ways. A yeah. lot of things have happened in our lives in the past two years, and I've really been able to think back on a lot of things and heal and make some active decisions for myself. One of those things is I decided to kind of take this time to liberate myself and to speak more freely and to practice embodiment. Yeah. Um, And that's something that I have not been good at since basically puberty is when you're basically told to ignore your body. And to not feel like free in your body. So it's something that I've been like trying to work on. And one of the things is that, you know, I've been posting more shots with more skin, I guess you could say. And just <laughs> I mean, more- something you only think of when you're coming from a place of purity culture. Exactly. And I, you know, posting what I would. What was that? I think those are dogs slipping down the stairs. Oh, <laughs> um, what was I saying? You were talking about you were posting more. Oh, and you know, I, I I'm posting the things that I would normally post, if not more, like you know, honest, um, just about my my mental space in quarantine or about religious freedom, all of that. But then I'm also posting things that are showing like bodily freedom. And not everyone has enjoyed that. Well, I don't know that not everybody's (laughs) enjoyed it, but not everybody's had a positive opinion. And well, not even that. I, I don't even know that it has to do with the sense of a positive or negative opinion. I just think people 
want to seek control of their own narrative, but also like anybody that's around them, anybody that they see, all that kind of stuff where it's just like once you see somebody finding their freedom, Mm. I think those that don't have freedom themselves tend to try to impose restraints on people that are seeking that out and that are finding that like release and that flowy nature and that ability to connect to just creativity and self. And I feel like we've seen a lot of that come through from people. It's just like there's such this need in our world to construct a narrative around your life, to start seeing control in your own life, to start like justifying whatever struggle and restraints that you put on yourself. You want to start imposing those on everybody else around you so that you can start building this like direction and and make sense of why it is that you're self-limiting in the world. And so when people like yourself start seeking that freedom and not only seeking it for yourself, but also allowing it to bleed out into the rest of the world and to everybody around you, Mm. I think it, it, it tends to be a challenge for those that are so constantly self-limiting and creating a narrative as to why they don't have the freedom that they wish they did and why they're not in the career that they wish they were and why they feel uncomfortable with their bodies and why they feel like they can't share and why they feel like their religion or culture or whatever restricts that creativity in them or that freedom. And I don't know. I just, I feel like even though it may come across as negative, the the things that people are expressing to you in your search for liberation. I think it's I think it's calling on something in those people. That's very poetic of you. <laughs> very poetic. But yeah, don't don't worry. We'll we'll read out some of the things that Adam ended up saying on his story. So don't let him fool you. He's not some zend out guru over here who doesn't have, <laughs> you know, his fiery sarcastic side cuz he sure does. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. and everyone else, <laughs> he has his fiery side. So Yeah, basically, I mean, I didn't have that many negative responses. Really, it was only like, to be honest, it was really only three. Um, And they were just, I think I was finally done just letting the messages happen. And I, um, you know, one, the the one that kickstarted it, right, was this guy who had met us like once um, in LA, of all places. Um, Not very fitting for the scenario, but anyway... He, he reached out and basically was like, you posting the way you do, I don't want to unfollow you, but I also want to be respectful to my girlfriend. Um, basically, what you're doing is going to like tempt me and my brothers to fall and stumble into lustful thoughts and, you know, saying that he struggled with porn and that I, <laughs> I guess, and he's, yeah, that's what he said. He's, uh, I struggled with porn and I'm giving it up and trying to respect only my girlfriend. So, so on and so forth. But like basically still pointing it at me being like a problem. Right. Me being like. And let's be clear. By brothers, he doesn't mean his actual relatives. He means anybody that subscribes to the Christian faith that he also subscribes to. Yeah. And so he's not talking about her responsibility just to him and the few people around him. Right. His reference is to the whatever it is, 76% of Americans that claim to be Christian. Right. Those are the people that you, Lauren, are responsible to make sure you keep your content nice and pure for. Right. 
so that those people don't stumble. Right. And I mean, several times too, he was like, yeah, this is kind of weird. This is weird. Me messaging you is weird. And I was like, yeah, like, I mean, it is. This is a little strange. So I like gave him the permission. I was like, well, feel free to, to mute, to mute my posts. Um, and anyway, without going into much more detail about that, I got, just like I said, a couple more messages that were like negative in that way. Um, but it was like, obviously it was very, um, it kind of covered like the whole day because then other people were messaging me when they saw the, that response and, um, it just really got a conversation going. And what was fun for me was that Adam typically is this little Zen master, right? He really is very like, um, (laughs) you're very patient. You're very forgiving. You have a lot of grace for people. And it's something that I admire, of course. Um, but as like someone who I feel, I feel, well, I'm a five and in my health, I go to an eight, <laughs> right? Right. And so I'm like, I feel like other people, I felt like I was protecting n- not just myself. I, I was protecting like other women and right. other human beings who, I mean, cause honestly, this kind of message of being like, you're causing me to lust by just like being like you are causing something well one of the things i said back to him was like i don't feel responsible for what happens in a man's pants right was one of my responses and so like for me you know i don't feel responsible but like no other human is responsible for that well i don't and and i don't think that is only limited to sexuality and i don't think it's only limited to sin i mean that's just once you're starting getting into that train of thought, I mean, you're getting into something that's perpetuating so much more than just arousal or, or quote unquote, um, lustful eyes or thoughts or whatever it is. I mean, you're getting into victim blaming. You're getting into perpetuating rape culture. You're yeah. getting into, I mean, so, so many things. And on top of that, you are requiring somebody else to fit your mold of your spirituality that right. they're obligated in your mind to live out in their life regardless of what their beliefs are. You're saying that that's what they are saying. That's what they're saying, yes. <laughs> by by saying you're- all of those things, <laughs> by by saying you're responsible for making sure that your existence stays within my boundaries of what I'm capable of handling. Yeah. By saying that, you are automatically extending that out into the rest of your life. Right. Like it can't just stop there. Right. I mean, I, I if you're like hyper-conscious and aware of that being like a very specific like Christian thing that exists in my space and specifically for pornography because it's something I have struggled with and so the people I surround myself with need to be a certain way and if and if they don't fit that, that mold, then I want to let them know and or I have to allow them a, a, a clean exit from, from my surrounding area. But with the messages that you were receiving, that's not what that was saying. No. It right. was saying... Hey, because you're a Christian. Right. <laughs> hey, because I have this, this bare bones understanding of what your faith looks like. Truly. I now have the authority to impose my will onto your existence. Right. Which is, leads me to like one of my other posts on my story. Shall I just read it? Because I feel like I said it 
Sure. I summed it up pretty well there. Yeah, go for I it. said, um, still getting mostly amazing messages. Some stupid ones still slip through, still slip through though, um, as they will. I get it. But on that note, if you use, quote, because you are a Christian, quote, and then proceed to try to criticize, blame, reprimand, belittle me in the name of Jesus, God, the Bible, Christianity, the church, or quote unquote accountability, please consider me unchristianed, quote unquote. <laughs> it's okay. Jesus will understand. Just mentally take me off that list. Because there wasn't anybody outside of like the Christian bubble, the Christianity purity culture that was messaging me saying, hey, this is a problem. And they're saying, hey, because you are a Christian, like you were saying, they think I have some sort of moral obligation to, I, I don't even know. Be, to fall in line. To fall in line, I guess. Well, I mean, like, once you create a power structure around religion, which I think Christianity clearly has, mm-hmm. it's it's heavily steeped in patriarchy mm-hmm. once you establish that and and that's the space that you're coming from of course a man feels empowered to step into a woman's space and tell her what she's allowed to do right. not to say that that person is a bad person or that they would even believe that in any other situation outside of religious context yeah but when they're coming from a place of religious context where they have been told that and it has been perpetuated in their religious culture that mm-hmm that men are superior to women, then that's going to overflow into the way that you treat women, especially when you believe that they're in the same religious space as you. Yeah. Yeah. So then, of course, you know, and I don't have to, I'm not going to read out your fiery messages, but, you know, you can go back. Well, actually, no, they can't. But anyway, Adam ended up just like kind of having like a more sarcastic tone of addressing this because this was on social media and he was kind of, done with it all after a whole day of us dealing with this. But I did get lots of messages saying, OMG, Adam's amazing. Where do you, where do I find one? He's like, you're so lucky to have such an amazing husband and blah, blah, blah. And like, I, and I told them, I was like, yes, of course. Like, I am very thankful. Like we are partners in this, but it wasn't something like you allowed either. (laughs) This is something like we are truly partners in. So then I was thinking about this and I'm thinking about people's messages to me about you. And we've talked a little bit about, you know, your background. We've talked more about my background. So how did you get to be the way you are? Tell us a little bit of your background. (laughs) 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 To to quote and to go on our own typical rhythm of our podcast. Well, okay. First, The first thing I want to address, actually, before I even get into my own background, is cultural expectation. The fact that me, being a human being existing in a world where we should know better in so many different circumstances, should not qualify me as somebody who is an exception to the rule. I agree. I should not. I mean, I appreciate people's compliments to mm-hmm. me that like, it's great and Adam's awesome and all of that stuff. Right. But like in all seriousness, like the fact that that is an anomaly to to so many people and so many women specifically right. that 
a man is willing to stand in a pl- in in place of social expectation yeah, yeah. and say, hey, this isn't right. And and I mean, for me, sarcastically, but like aggressively pointing out the ramifications <laughs> yeah. of the beliefs that they're that they're carrying out. Yeah, that it to me is just seeking equality. That to me yeah. is being and I know people want to call it egalitarianism or they want to call it feminism or they want to call it X amount of different names. But right. I think it's an obligation of us if we want to improve the human condition to step into those places and and stand for the things that we believe in, but also stand against the idea of exceptionalism in that. Right. I agree. I mean, that's that's the thing. You know, I I was trying to be I was trying to be like thankful in people's responses to the right. way they were being like, oh, my God, Adam is so amazing. And so like get like get it, Adam, because I mean, honestly, you came with fire. So it was like people were responding to like the fire, especially because this was <laughs> what they think, you know, what other people's perception is. It was quote unquote out of character. It was although, a little spicy for me I, online. Although, yeah, online. I was going to say, although I know you and I know it's not totally out of character, but even I was like, oh, he's like getting it. Like fire. <laughs> His Sagittarius son is definitely coming out. Um, but anyway, so like as much as I was like saying, yeah, like, oh my God, he's, he's great. Like he is. I definitely had that response. I was thinking about this um, just like an hour ago was uh, while I was thinking about this, like, <laughs> this conversation that we were probably going to have that yes, I, I believe, especially since like, I love you so much and I genuinely think you're the best person in the entire world for me personally. I also don't think like you are, this is going to sound bad, but like, I don't think you should be one of a kind. (laughs) Like, I don't think you are an exception to the rule. I think you should be this, like in my mind, the way you approach this, it should be the standard. Well, I mean, if I guess this is the best way that I can think to put it is if I was, say you and I as a couple in a relationship, we have equal responsibility to to do something, take care of something that sucks, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I stepped out of that space and like decided that I was going to do it myself to save you from having to deal with something that we both should have to deal with. Yeah. I mean, that's, that to me is like, okay, that's going, that's going above and beyond. That's something that should be like praised is when, when there's equal responsibility to something and one person decides to save the other from, from struggling Such through something burden. that both want to do then that's like, okay, cool. That's like, great. That's, that is something that maybe would make for a good partner or an exceptional partner in a moment. But like, I don't know. I think you, us both pulling our own weight and helping each other pull our own weight is the epitome of true partnership and love. Like, I don't think going above and beyond, like, I don't think that's not, I don't think that's like part of the equation here because that doesn't like leave room for growth in the other person. So that's not like real love. So I don't know. I know it's hard for you to take compliments, but that is true. Like people were impressed, but like I, but we, even I was saying like, yes, I was happy and pleased and honestly quite turned on by the fact that you were so like fiery and like adamant about this. Um, cause I just, I love a passionate human being. Um, I also was like, yeah, but like I should expect kind of no less. Right. 
although everybody's different too. And that was another thing I was trying to respond to, especially because girls were like, oh my God, one day I really hope I have somebody like that. And first of all, I was like, well, if you desire it, you will get it. Like that's, you deserve it. Like, absolutely. But also at the same time, I do understand that everybody's different. Not everybody's going to respond in the same way that you do. And and nobody's going to respond in the exact same way that I respond to things. It's just, I, it's hard because like on one hand, I want you to be the standard, but on the other, I don't want anybody to compare either their, their partner or their like future person because we're all different too. Right. So I like had two sides of the coin there. But anyway, so so, all of that to say, how did you get to be such an amazing human being? Oh God. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So, ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Um, <laughs> you are. How did you get there? Thank you. Um, you know. Give us your background. Like, where, where are you from? What's up? Like, t- I mean, we know a little bit, but like, how did, how did you get to be where you are to put you so right on the So I think just to kind of like not make the longest story in the entire world, I think the biggest thing that took me on a path to where I am right now was when I was like middle school to high school, um, I mean, I've always been very culturally feminine presenting and a lot of people thought I was gay or people thought that, you know, so many, so many different things that were untrue, but as if how you presented it, as if, as if how I presented and how I lived out my life had any sort of reflection on my sexual orientation or gender identity or anything like that. And so that was when I started mentally establishing the the whole ideology that your presentation, your sexual identity, your whatever, all of those things, n- no one thing is determinative of the other. And then mm. that also crosses gender boundaries. Like there is nothing that because you are a woman that you have to be, do, say, any sort of space that you have to exist in just because you're a woman. Right. And I found that because I didn't have a certain space that I felt I needed to exist just for being a man. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And so through like middle school and high school, I never, I mean, clearly, obviously, and understandably, I was, I was never offended when somebody would assume your sexual orientation, my sexuality or or anything else, because they, all that they were doing was saying, hey, I noticed these things that are generally representative of this kind of person. You exhibit those to me. Here's like, here's how right. I think I'm going to connect mean, to how you talking, exist in the world. We're talking high school. Okay. So like we're talking high school, we're talking middle school. So whenever understand, uh, like if, to the, to the listeners understand that the language here is usually it's by people and kids who didn't are figuring out the world. Right. Right. These aren't, these aren't <laughs> progressed adult deconstructed like <laughs> human beings right? right so you're you're telling your story in the context and using the language of that then and i know you're trying to be like pc and it's beautiful and it's awesome but like also understand it's okay like you and then but that also wasn't represented for you like you were never presented 
Well, tell, tell us like even like your, your family background and like. Yeah. So with all of the, with all of that, that I was experiencing culturally, like in school and whatever, socially, I was already establishing my own ideas and breaking out of the boxes of what people were imposing on me as, as gender identity and whatnot. So then at home, I was, my family life was very conservative as, as an upbringing, which, you know, comes, comes with good, good and bad ideas, good and bad practices and people just like anything else. Um, and growing up with the family that I did, I was always taught to be a challenger. And so because I wasn't aggressive and because I wasn't argumentative or combative, that, that challenging tended to internalize for me. So I was, I was always taught to question the status quo mm. and to push back against things that people told me were something that was set in stone and you can't change it and, and all of those things. And so for me, I kind of established my own attitude of... Which, honestly, that doesn't sound very conservative. Yeah, well, I mean, it just, it all depends on the lens you're looking through true, it with. True, like, true, if true. you're looking at, if you're looking at, I mean, and it's conservative can be a lifestyle or it can be a political stance, but like, if you're looking at it from a place where you're either vilifying or... You're with the world or you're against the world. Right. Like when you when you see the world so contrasted, then then it's it's hard to see any good in something that you disagree with. But for me, I grew up in it. So it wasn't it wasn't anything I ever disagreed with. It just was that I wasn't cut from that same kind of cloth. I wasn't cut from a place of of aggression. And then socially I was I was groomed to be a little bit more open minded. Not to say that you can't be an open minded conservative either, but I just didn't latch onto a lot of the political ideologies that come along with conservative beliefs. And so I, I had the fortune of You're, establishing mm-hmm. those behavioral practices and ideological pushback without latching onto the political stances of it. All of that to say that I have always been told and allowed to push back against anything and everything that people imposed socially or or religiously or whatnot. And so when I was coming up with how the world worked in my head as a middle schooler and high schooler and going out into the world and whatever, I just had the freedom to disregard a lot of the boxes that people were trying to create and trying to mold me into as I was coming into my adulthood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you were given that you were presented that way of navigating life. And that was a good mentality that you were kind of like groomed into by, you know, example. However, you did grow up in a very man, masculine woman, feminine, like homemaker mom. Yeah. Like dad. Who's like man, man, like you, you had a very, contrasted like gender roles were very intense where I grew up in an almost switched gender role kind of um example I guess because my mom was like fiery and she was leader and she was very much like always doing things and like my dad was more reserved so in, in a way that you know I I had that kind of as an example but you very much grew up in gender norm normative I guess yeah um kind of 
parental roles, then also, you know, we everybody has their own issues when it comes to the way we line up with if we have siblings, right? right. So we're both second we were both second oldest and right. both felt at times that we kind of acted as oldest to the younger ones. And I know I that had a lot to do with the way you kind of were brought up to and the way you kind of like saw the world. And when I met you, I think you were in I mean, I was in a lot of transition in my life. Yeah. You know, I had just recently gone vegan. I just recently cut my hair, like all this stuff. And I was just starting to navigate even the term feminist. Like I was just like poking at it. Although I had always been a feminist, I was, that word was vilified for so much of my life. And I was starting to be like, what is it really? And, you know, I was starting to go through a lot and you were even, you weren't even there yet. I think one of the biggest things that allowed me space to be who I was, was, well, there's a few things. Number one, my dad was always very confident in who I was, not just through my physicality, but through, he always told me how good looking I was. He always told me that I should do modeling stuff. He always would, you know, tell me that it was important to make sure you looked good, you were well-groomed, all that kind of stuff. And there was a few conversations that I had with him when I was younger where he would talk about how if it was up to him that he would have, potentially gone off to beauty school to do hair or anything like that. And this Mm -hmm. is coming from grew up, went to college after he graduated college, went to the army, you know, all that kind of stuff where it was just like very like structured. You play baseball, you play football, you lift weights, you don't show emotion. Who the the girls? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the girls. That's what I'm talking about. But yeah, so that and, and coming from somebody that was groomed in that way and kind of understood that the world in that way for himself, he also showed me small pieces hints. of himself. Very small hints. Where he was maybe not confident in that space in himself, but confident enough in our relationship and understanding who I was to share that with me so that I could see confidence and find confidence in myself to foster those things without having to have them smashed yeah. down into something that you don't feel like you can present. So I was confident in myself. And then growing up being, I mean, I was always in really good shape. I was always in some sort of fighting sport where I'm like, I feel like I, I have control of myself. And I always felt, I always felt like I was capable. I never felt like I, I was, I never felt like I was a victim to anything. And so from that space where I was confident and I was capable and I and I had my masculinity, but I also was groomed in seeking out whatever it was that made me happy. I think that all informed my my path into pushing for that freedom for mm-hmm. everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. And then of course you're like you went on the road with three women and you couldn't stop hearing about the ways of life. Well, because also another thing about your background is you have one sister. She's a lot younger though. Yep. She's not, she's, she's only 11 now. Yeah. I she, grew up with an older brother and two younger brothers and then a younger sister that was way younger. Yeah. But, but for a majority of my life, it was just you me and, and my older brother and my younger brother. Yeah. And so I kind of grew up in that space. And so I never really had representation of what a sister even was or what. A sister or like even just. Or the life of like an adolescent 
Girl. Girl. Like right. I never had any understanding. And then, you know, once we started going off and touring, I had a very clear example of strong leader women. Not not to say that women has to be tagged onto strong leader, but specifically it was I mean, that's literally what we were doing though. We right. were like leading. Yeah. You were leading. And and you guys were doing things that so many other people weren't doing, and you guys had the tenacity to go after so many things and lead yourselves out to success. Right. We were BDSs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. No, and you got to experience it like first, like firsthand. Is that the yeah. word? Yeah. And like you learned a lot real quick. And you're just, a, I mean, you're just such a sweetheart. Like in within the first like month, you were already. Because he, if you know Adam, he's, uh, he would love a purse, honestly. But he, but even more than that, he loves a book bag. I do. Because I do it's even bigger and it has more compartments. <laughs> so Adam, it's like the best organized version of a purse. It is. Um, and so anyway, Adam always carries around a, a backpack. And anyway, he ended up after the first month. I yeah, think, I think so. It was like literally after the first period. I think we each had you guys were like okay by the way since you're not capable of having a period you get the responsibility of going to pick up the tampons and pads and carrying them around because you always have your book bag right so and we didn't always have stuff and it was like okay well where are they whatever so adam just ended up keeping them in his book bag um and it was great and very very uh very handy. It was. <laughs> to always have it there. So that was just like another example. And then tour and then just like, I don't know, being around people and women and learning so much of that has just like changed you. And you yeah. just, I bet you're open to it. And I think that's just like natural to you. And I, I just, I really truly feel like one of the primary reasons that I was able to step into that space though, having never really experienced right. that dynamic before. Yeah. Why? Which is just, I was afforded the opportunity to be confident in who I was growing up. You weren't scared to go pick up tampons. I was, I was never, and it sounds funny, I was never social enough to understand the like, <laughs> I get that. Like, who would make fun of me for that? Right. I never had like dumb guy friends that like, that's true. That's true. You know, growing up. And so the only the only example that I had of anybody that was non-accepting were just people at school who would make fun of me. But most So then why would at, you want to ever be like them? Right, so, right. And yeah. most people at school liked me anyway and just kind of let me be. And yeah. so yeah, I, I grew up very privileged in my own space to right. be able to be confident. <laughs> but I think a lot of oppression comes from people who feel like they are insecure or not confident enough to live out the life that they wish that they were living. And, and so I think, I think they tend to impose rules and restrictions on other people. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So I can't, I can't really say that like, (laughs) it's, it's not, it's not so much of anything that I did, but it was, it was that I was given so much space growing up to just exist and challenge. Yeah. That I was able to, I had the, I had ability to step into the world and adulthood fully confident in who I was so that I could empower other people to be fully confident in who they were and could be. Yeah. Doesn't mean you didn't go through some shit though. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody does though. I know. But it's like, yes, you were given, you were given good spaces 
mentally to grow into who you are. But like there was a lot that you went through and there's a lot that you had to navigate. So it's something to where like I, since I know your story and whenever people talk to you in person and stuff, they really get to see and get to know that. And I think, I don't know, it's just something that I'm, I'm constantly learning more. And so that's why I also wanted to have you talk about, you know, how it is you got this way. And obviously people were impressed with you and by you. And I've told you so many times how like now more than ever, your voice matters. Mm. I hope that response from people encourages other men to step into this space. Yeah. I really hope it does. I, I hope that even, even if at first it seems like something that's like, I, I don't know, lashing out in response to something or I'm being overly X, Y, or Z, mm. I, I hope that at some point it empowers another man to seek out that space. Mm-hmm. Me and, too. I mean, and if you want to be as shallow as you can be, potentially pick up a girl because what? you because <laughs> because you are just an awesome human being. Human being. Or pick up whoever. Right. I mean, obviously there's plenty of girls out there looking for men who stand in an equal fair space. Yeah. So maybe there's another man looking for if, a man like that. <laughs> Must be real. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great that people are setting that standard mm. and are seeking that out actively because I think that even at its shallowest level will encourage people to be more that. Right. And, and by shallow, you mean like the same kind of mentality of being like, yeah, I'm going to go be a part of a Bible study because I hear there's a bunch of single right. people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I get what you mean. And valid. That's valid. It, hey, if somebody goes feminist to like hook yep. up... <laughs> So be it. So be it. I mean, I think so. Do what you got to do. I think so. I mean, I don't have that completely backed up and thinking about all the ways that could not be PC, but yeah, for the most part. Well, awesome. I, I'm really, I feel like this is the beginning of you sharing more and more of like your story. Yeah. I, like I said, your voice matters. And yes, like you said, I hope it, we hope it inspires other people, other men, but other people to speak up to step into this place. Um, but yeah, I mean, we need, we need, we need that. We need everybody's voice. We need to pass off the microphone to everyone, you know? Yeah. Thanks. That means a lot. Yeah. I hope my throat chakra just continues to open <laughs> and <laughs> flourish and bloom. <laughs> awesome. Well, you guys, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, like I said, you can find us on, you know, our Instagram, which is deconstruct.pod or our personal pages, which we will have linked down below. But now you know how Adam became a feminist. <laughs> 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 Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. Bye. Bye. If you liked this episode, please share, rate, and review on whatever platform you're listening. As always, thanks so much for listening. Until next time.